Ooh, wow. Ooh, wow. Okay. There we go. Hey, how's it going? This is Joe Public. You're listening to the public record. I'm I was like scrambling to uh get on the air tonight. I I just I had like weird stuff. So <clears throat> rewind. I was I'm off work this week. I'm I'm taking time off, which is totally bizarre to me um in this COVID world. I never talk about what I do for a living on here and I'm not gonna. Suffice to say, it's pretty busy and crazy when it comes to COVID time. And um, because of that, basically, I haven't really been able to take time off for ages. And today I was my second day off this week, and I could not make anything happen in the order it was supposed to happen. <laughs> my computer was going nuts on me. I was like, I don't know to be able to get a show in tonight so so there you have it so i don't have a theme i it's like kind of funny it's like i feel like next week i have to have a theme because i haven't had a show with theme in ages i don't have a theme um but i have music to play and i'm gonna play it how's that um i know i've played this show this song on my show before and you know this is a great song so here we go that's
Ah, one of the finest of the finest pop punk bands in the world. That's Sicko with the Sprinkler. Ah, ah, ah. I feel refreshed, sort of, kind of. Um, before that bracket with Ken from the Food Drive. I love like this this like thing that happens in um there's a certain genre of pop punk song that like tells a story about how I'm I'm not I'm not worthy of better than this. I am a loser and this is exactly where I belong. Um there's a queer song called Born to Do Dishes that's in that whole thing and I think Can from the Food Drive is in the same it's in the same space. Um, occupies the same air, I think. Because, um, yeah, I mean, if you get fired from volunteering, <laughs> gestures wildly at everything around you of, dude, you could literally do way better than that. Um, before that, Jetty Boys with Wasted in the Basement and New Bomb Turks, Hammerless Nail. There we go. That's that high energy, get us started kind of thing. Um, yay! Yay. Yay. <laughs> uh, so, um, so I was going to type this in the chat, but I'm actually going to say it on the mic because so the conversation with my dear friend Jenny and I were having about uh, how neither one of us can actually explain why today managed to defy the laws of physics and both suck and blow at the same time. <laughs> And for me, it's like I'm I'm on vacation this week. Like it was just irrational that I would be in as bad of a mood as I was, um, and might still be. I don't know. I'm maybe I'm focused on what I'm doing right now, and therefore I'm kind of not in a bad mood. But like I was, I was throwing things angry earlier today. I think I may have put a gypsy curse on a woman in the grocery store. Um, she was one of these people who insisted that her cart was her ticket to occupy whatever space she wanted to occupy at that moment. And she was just like ramming it into the space in front of other people. And it's Tuesday before Thanksgiving and God damn it, people, when it is the season of bullshit, you need to back the fuck off right? Like that's what you need to do because this is the season, the season of irrational stress in a year of rational stress, right? This is a year of everything has demonstrably sucked. Like everything has demonstrably blown goats since March. And so then you get to the holiday season in which everyone in America behaves as if they've forgotten everything they were ever taught about how to behave in public. And so it's sort of incumbent on those of us who are capable of being mindful about such things to not be shitty. And this woman was just like, she's like pushing her way into every crevice and I, you know, like we're all masked up, right? So you can't see the anger in my lower half of my face, but I'm reasonably certain that I made her soul catch on fire by the way I looked at her because she backed up. <laughs> she like rolled her cart backwards to get out of my way. And, and there was this other woman who was kind of like 
she and I were just cohabitating through the aisles because we were kind of, and we're laughing about the fact that we're both going for the same, getting the same stuff. Not that weird leading up to Thanksgiving. Everybody's buying literally the exact same five or eight things, but I'm, you know, we're just laughing together and she was really nice and everything. And when I like set this other person's soul on fire, the woman who'd been kind of, you know, my wingman, wing person, um, she was like, said to me, thank you. And I'm like, what? I didn't do anything. And she's like, I saw the look on your face. I, I was a little afraid. Okay. That's not me. That's not what I do. I don't stare people down as if I want them to catch fire. I don't look at them as if I want them to spontaneously like shit themselves to death. I, I, I so yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that, that, that was today. That was today. And then I had weird stuff going on with my computer. I wasn't actually certain I could do this show tonight because it was just bad things were happening. I have a five-year-old MacBook Pro, and it's been a trooper, but I think I have rode it hard and put it away wet way too many times. So, yeah, maybe. I don't really want to buy a new computer. Um... Does that like qualify as white people problems? I don't really want to buy a new computer. Like that the implied thing is, yeah, I can totally afford to buy a new computer if I have to. I just don't want to do it. <sighs> yeah, that's 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 a white 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 person problem. Affluent privilege problem of privilege. There we go. I'm Joe Public. You're listening to the Public Record. <laughs> and that little sociological lesson now being over. I'm gonna. <clears throat> <coughs> Conan needs to get me a cough button. Um, I'm going to play more music. This is Teenage Head. Yeah. 
should have took that last bus home But I asked you for a dance Now we go steady to the pictures I always get chocolate stains on my pants And my father, he's going crazy He says I'm living in a trance But I'm dancing in the moonlight It's got me in its spotlight It's alright, Dancing in the moonlight On this long, hot summer night It's weird to me how much I like that song. I like it. It's uh, I was I I had the opportunity to hang out with one of my my closest friends yesterday because I'm on vacation again. Another reason why I should have been in a good mood today. I got to hang out with a person who doesn't live in my house yesterday for almost the entire day. We watched Snatch, which I'd never seen, and I highly recommend. I'm I like. I'm not 100% sure, but I might actually be a fan of Guy Ritchie's movies after just seeing that one. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, hung out with a buddy, had a great time, and yet I was still cranky today. But one of the things we were talking about, and he and I, um, we the way we um, characterize our conversations... And we do this by way of apologizing to our spouses and basically everybody who gets into the shrapnel field of our conversations because we're both really loud and and forceful when we're talking. And so 
the two of us talking to each other can just kind of be a little bit like being close to the fallout from a nuclear explosion. It's just, it's, <laughs> I don't see how in any way it's pleasant for anybody. So it's kind of cool when the two of us just get to hang out together alone because then none of that like fallout happens to anybody else. Um, but one of the things that we were talking about was like songs, like bands and songs and records that where the singer isn't really a very good singer at all. And, um, and he got a little defensive with me because I suggested that Phil Lynott of Thin Lizzy is in that box. And, um, you know, he worships at the altar of all things Phil Lynott and, and I'm just like, look, I'm not telling you he's bad. I'm, I love Thin Lizzy. I love Phil Lynott. And I wish he had, you know, I wish he had made better choices and was around to make a lot more music than he made because I like almost all of it. And, but, uh, dude had like three, a three note range. His vocal range was like three notes. And so all of their, his brilliance is as a songwriter, he was able to write songs that made that work. He could he could sing fine and not ta- overtask himself within the framework of the songs that he wrote. So there there we go. And I and so I and that that specific song is one of my like all time favorites. So there you go. Red Rider before that Lunatic Fringe. Um, I don't know why I played that. It, it's like popped up on a playlist this week, and I went I dig that song. That's all right. So I played it. Um, Paola's Eyes of a Stranger. So the bass player in the Paola's is, is an individual by the name of Bob Rock. And um, and I do believe that is his actual name and not like a nom to rock and roll. Um, his name's Bob Rock. And he the Paola's did that song and not a lot else. But he went on to be a huge record producer in the 90s and basically is responsible for Metallica having hit records. Um, so you heard that song, try and fit that in. Just kind of goes to show, it's like I had this, this general philosophy. I learned where uh, when I was playing in bands and, and having to find people to record us is that you didn't necessarily want to find the engineer or the producer who played music like yours or who'd done a bunch of records that sounded like yours you just wanted to find the person who got the process like they understood how to make a record and they could hear what you know and actually having somebody in the room who wasn't that into your style of music was probably advantageous because then they could translate it they could act as like the you know like president obama's anger translator so that the people understand what the other people understand what's going on and not just the people who are clued in and i started that set off with teenage head with let's shake i am joe public you are listening to the public record and uh, i have had a cranky day and i'm trying to decrankify myself and i you know if you're having a hard time i mean the holidays the holidays suck the holidays suck like i said this is this is a time of year in which there's just whatever stress was all whatever the stress floor was there's just a whole layer of other stress stuck on top of it um and um you know uh talking in the chat about people misbehaving in public due to covid and, and for all kinds of reasons and all kinds of variations and and all of the stuff related to this pandemic is just like completely 
Um, it ruined who I am in a lot of ways. And, and I'll give you an example. Um, the other day, the news story hit that Donald Trump Jr. had tested positive. And without even reading the story, like just reading the headline, the very first thing I thought was, I hope he dies. That is horrible. That is demonstrably horrible. That is a dreadful thing to wish on another human being. No matter how despicable that individual is, there are people who love them. And wishing them to die is awful. And I don't care. I want them to die. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what the pandemic has done to me. That is what the pandemic and the Trump administration has done to me. I no longer have compassion left for a segment of my fellow human beings. There we go. I've said it. Yeah, it's true. <sighs> Which is why I need pop music. Pop music will save us now. This is a great track. Um, this is an obscure track, and I'm playing it. <laughs>
loving better than a white line Don't you know she could Bring a good feeling ain't having such a long time Save my life, I'm going down for the last time
on this show in the past that if all you know of Queen are the songs from the soundtrack to the movie you don't know that band at all at all not even close that song Sleeping on the Sidewalk that's sung by Brian May like so guitar players like rock guitar players I have never met one who doesn't think that Brian May that the sound that he produces with his guitar isn't the most desirable sound that you can make with an electric guitar. It's like crazy to the level of like, so Ed, Edward Van Halen rest, may he rest in peace. Probably the only guy in the world who he looked at is like, Oh, I wish I could play like him was Brian May. And Brian May also is a great singer. He's he's like he's not a um he's not able to do the like acrobatic singing to put it as one of my friends would put it that uh that Freddie Mercury was capable of and he certainly wasn't like the you know the great frontman that that Freddie was but he you know and the the, the magic of of queen is not just freddie mercury it was that effortless three-part harmony that happened between freddie mercury brian may and roger taylor the drummer and roger taylor could sing so high it's crazy it's like it's insane the notes that he can hit and so you had this guy who had this the natural ability to go way way up into the um you know like the far registers of a soprano and and then you had Brian May, whose natural register was somewhat more of a of a bass singer. And then you've got Freddie right there in the middle. And the three of them just effortlessly were able to come up with these incredible harmonies. And that's the that's the magic, along with the songwriting, that that makes Queen Queen. And it's always really cool on the on the odd songs like that one where Brian May is just singing by himself and nobody else is singing with him. That's the fascinating thing. It's just, you know, like they just left it alone. Um, 
And I will note that also, so in another band that has this kind of similar dynamic that most people don't really get um, would be U2 because the the vocal interplay between Bono and The Edge is a big part of their sound. Um, but Bono cannot keep his damn mouth shut when The Edge is taking a lead vocal. And on that particular track, Freddie Mercury is like, that's your song, man. So there you go. Weird rock and roll trivial thing there that I went into. Um, before that, Donny Iris with Aliyah. Um, Donny Iris is an odd bird in the world of rock and roll. Um, he was actually the replacement guitar player in Wild Cherry and um, got that gig because he was an engineer working on their third album. I had no idea, actually, until I was like looking him up that Wild Cherry made three albums. Um, I figured they were, they were one and done. Um, but yeah, they made three albums. And on their third record, Donny Iris was one of the recording engineers, and they sort of were smitten with him, and so they drafted him to be the replacement for their lead guitar player who had left the band. And um, that's how he got his foot in the door and was able to make a couple of solo records in the 80s. And that was on that Aliyah was on one of them. For that, Streetheart with Tin Soldier and Head East with Never Been Any Reason. Those are two those are like great songs, great songs. If I was younger and I was able to pull together a band with a keyboard player and stuff like that, I would, I would, those are two songs I would do. Yep. 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 It's Joe Public on the public record. Um, I was talking, I was like chatting here about Kamala Harris. Um, Kamala has an amazing Instagram feed. If you are inclined to follow people on Instagram, I highly recommend her. Um, Clearly a a politician of her stature is not managing her feed by herself, but um, I thought it was pretty cool today that the, what was in her feed was her uh, cornbread stuffing recipe. I just want her to be president. That's what I want. That's what I want for Christmas. (laughs) No, well, let's wait. Let's get to the inauguration. Can I have it for Christmas next year? I'm a horrible person. Okay. Uh, I got a request. I'm going to, I'm going to pull up in here in a bit. Um, but I'm also going to play this. Um, yeah, I'm just going to play it. I don't got to talk about it. I'm just going to play it. Here we go. I'm going to push the button. <laughs> Threatening to do it. I'm going to do it.
Mr. Sandberg, thanks for coming to your performance review. No problem. So you're in charge around here, is that fair to say? Absolutely. I'm the boss. Okay, so take us through a day in the life of the boss. Well, the first thing I do is... Talk to corporate! Approve memos! Lead a workshop! Remember birthdays! Direct workflow! My own bathroom! Micromanage! Promote synergy! Hit on Deborah! Get rejected! Swallow sadness! Send some faxes! Call a sex line! Cry deeply! Demand a refund! Eat a bagel! Harassment lawsuit! No promotion! Fifth of vodka! Shit on Deborah's desk! Buy a gun! In my mouth! Oh fuck me, I can't fucking do it, shit! Pussy out! Puke on Deborah's desk! Jump out the window! Suck a dude's dick! Score some coke! Crash my car! Suck my own dick! Eat some chicken strips! Chop my balls off! Blackout in the sewer! Need a giant fish! Fuck his brains out! Turn into a jet! Bomb the Russians! Crash into the sun! Now I'm dead! Uh-huh. So that's an average day for you then? No doubt. You chop your balls off and die. Hell yeah. And I think at uh, one point there you said something about sucking your own dick? Nope. Actually, I'm pretty sure you did. Nah, that ain't me. Okay, well, this has been eye-opening for me. I'm the boss. Yeah, no, I got that. You said it about 400 times. I'm the boss. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I'm the boss. No, I heard you. See you later. Like a boss. Style or grace, wearing shoes with no socks in cold weather. Knew my heart was in the right place. I knew I'd be able to do these things. As we watch him digging his own grave, that was important to know. That was where he's at. He'll keep on digging to the center of the earth. He'll keep on digging, moving in the room.
is a blow Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room No space to rent in this town You're out of luck And the reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck Take you out of this place Someone you can lend a hand In return for grace It's a beautiful day Sky falls, you feel like It's a beautiful day Don't let it get away On the road But you got
That's R.E.M. with Orange Crush. Before that, YouTube, Beautiful Day. Um, Yeah. It's one of my all-time favorite songs. Like, maybe top five. And I'm not going to say that much about it. Just that. Because if I talk about it, I'll cry. And I want to cry on the microphone. So there we go. Brian Eno and David Burns. America is waiting before that. And Talking Heads, a live version of Houses in Motion. Lonely Island, like a boss. Because um, I mean, I, okay, so I got to say why I played the Lonely Island like a boss. Because the first time I saw that segment on Saturday Night Live, and I have to say, I like it better with Seth Rogen doing the interviewer, the reviewer part, than, than the guy from the Lonely Island on the record. Um, but the first time I saw that on Saturday Night Live, I just went, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I I worked with that guy like over and over and over again. Over and over and over again. I worked with that guy. I actually had that guy try and friend request me on Facebook and I looked at the friend request and I just like did like 14 takes. It wasn't a double take. It was a 14 take of what the actual hell is this piece of shit thinking? <laughs> so there we go. Uh, Missing Persons with Mental Hopscotch started us off. This is Joe Public on the public record playing the music, talking so much talking. (sighs) I'm feeling a bit better um, than I was when I came on tonight. And, and like, you know, why does anybody out there care? You don't. But, you know, just to let you know, it's, it's like stuff is bad. Um... Like, stuff is not great. And whatever you can do to make it work. So, okay, here's a funny thing. Um, I got into a discussion online uh, related to the film Groundhog Day. And somebody had mentioned um, how it was that uh, Bill Murray's character had finally started caring about others. And he was trying to do good things rather than just being selfish that broke the curse. And the funny part was, was that, um, my wife and I had actually watched that movie again recently. Um, like it, it was on one of the like gazillion services we subscribed to and switched on the TV and we both went, you know what, let's just watch this and sat and watched. And at the end I realized um, that that story is not about Bill Murray's character suddenly being compassionate and nice and caring about other people. Um, that is a part of why the curse that's that's represented in that story is broken. Absolutely. That curse is broken because he, he decides, okay, I'm stuck in this horrible feedback loop. Instead of being a selfish piece of crap, I, I might as well try and become a better person. I might as well try and be of service to the people that I'm going to interact with in this loop, this endless loop. Um, That's a part of it. That's a part of how he comes to the thing that saves him because the thing that saves him is someone else wanting him to be a part of their life. Uh, it's Annie McDowell's character actually looking at him and seeing him as something that's desirable and, and, and worth her attention 
and and her concern and her compassion. So in a lot of ways, it's kind of like a Sleeping Beauty story. The curse can't be broken by Sleeping Beauty. And the curse can't be broken by Phil in the Groundhog Day. The curse can only be broken by someone else caring about Phil. That's what breaks the curse. So kind of like 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 i got like all involved in this thinking about this and going oh wow so this is philosophically this is about the fact that um you know you being a good person doesn't really matter i mean it it's great it's it's better that you be a good person but it doesn't really matter what really matters is that others view you. This is the philosophy of the movie, not what I believe, that others view you as having value. So, uh, yeah. The kiss from the prince or the princess is, is what saves us, maybe. Hmm. All right. <laughs> that was deep. <sighs> Oh, wait, and I have the perfect song to go along with that.
I will occasionally pontificate on the subject of the Foo Fighters, um, a band I was not a fan of early on. Like I like I bought their first record because I was a big Nirvana fan, and I thought, oh, this is cool, and I and I kind of liked that, you know, self-done record that Dave Grohl pulled pulled together. Um, and then I went to see them and hated them. So the first version of the Foo Fighters, which is completely different, almost completely different from, from the band today. Um, I didn't dig at all. Um, I thought this is a bad idea (laughs) and it took me a while to come around and, and to actually like embrace them. And now I'm completely in the camp of, uh, Dave Grohl is the last rock star. So, uh, if you were among my generation of, of, uh, Gen X folks, um, you remember a world that was populated with a lot of rock stars there. They were, they were like everywhere, right? They were the biggest thing in the world. They're not that anymore. And he's kind of the last one. I mean, like you could argue, uh, Bono from U2 or whatever, but I, th- I but honestly, I, I think that U2 has graduated, um, into this category where like when I, when I was in college that you would like would have put the Rolling Stones into, right? Yet they're still here. They're not dead yet. Um, but relevant, Hmm. Giant question mark. Um, and, uh, Foo Fighters are still relevant. Like like Dave Grohl, like people care what he has to say and they, they care what he does. And his band sells ginormous numbers of tickets to their concerts. And, um, you know, when they do stuff, they did a dumb, really dumb fucking thing this week. They, they put out a video of them watching clips of them from the past 25 years. Like it was them all sitting in like a, like uh, in what I think is probably the recording studio at Dave Grohl's house, watching a slideshow of stuff and talking about it. And it's dumb. And people watched that. That's that's a rock star. Like when a, if a rock star farts and and people write about it, that and then you know they're a rock star. And that was kind of a fart. It was it was the yeah dumb. Um, but you get to do that when you're the last of your tribe, right? You're the last of your of your breed. And yeah, there are other people making records, but nobody's making records that anybody cares about that much. So, um, yeah, Dave Grohl, last rock star. Fight me. <sighs> um, before that, Sugar, Helpless, Throwing Muses, Counting Backwards, and Liz Fair, Mesmerizing. That's a nice little, like, 90s-ish set there you know i'm coming to grips with my past with where i came from that's what i'm doing i'm joe public you're listening to the public record i got more music to play uh i don't know if i'm gonna come back on the mic i might not i might just play out um and if so uh thank you for being here thank you for tuning in and uh tune in next week i won't be off work I might be in an even worse mood when I start my broadcast. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> That's so cool. Um, yeah. So I'm not. Assalamu alaikum, Mike.
There we go.
Feminism. Yes, I. Ross Trent. religion excuse me oh hot stepper you do so many dutty crimes 